It's the Pandarin Talk. The Pandarin Talk. Everybody knows it's the Pandarin Talk. The Pandarin Talk. The Pandarin Talk. Everybody knows it's the Pandarin Talk. Welcome back to the Pandarin Talk. My name's Sean Dangler, and I am with you here as always. And I hope you are having a wonderful day. It's a little, little dreary out here in Urbandale. Iowa, a little rainy, whatever you want to call it. Um, I was trying to think about what to talk th- about this week, and it's uh, weekend was Christmas. I could talk about all the gifts. I didn't really get a ton of gifts, but I got a decent amount of gifts. It was a good Christmas, let's just say that. But I'm, uh, I've been doing well. I've been uh, enjoying life, and <laughs> for a while I've been trying to get questions from people for the pandering talk, but no one wanted to give us any questions. One of the questions I got was, hey... Sean, why are you more left-leaning, even though you grew up in a right-leaning area, and you also are a farmer? <laughs> the farmer part I added. But it is weird. And I've been trying to come to terms with it, uh, exactly why I believe what I believe in the last probably year or two. And the thing is, is I'm still trying to figure it out. So whatever I say now is relevant to this very moment. And probably not relevant in five to ten years, potentially. But this is where my headspace is at. And I think the biggest thing I come in at uh, is the little guy. That's the thing that concerns me the most. That I want to help. I want the little guy to win. I don't want the big chiefs. I don't want anyone with a ton of money to be the winner. That's it. Because money is power in America. And unfortunately, the powerful are rich then. And they get to control a lot of the stuff. Not necessarily I'm saying they control everything. But if you have money, it certainly gets you into a room to speak to people. And unfortunately, people who are working class, you know, like I think that's people who did not graduate with a degree or whatnot. Or anyone who's like literally middle class or lower, I would say. You know, it's not, America, unfortunately, is not set up for us. Uh, It's a lot harder. Now, I say that knowing my background. I I do farm. I am actually, for being an Iowan, I'm probably my income per year, potentially. Uh, I can tell you my income this year is uh, probably, I don't know, between thirty-five dollars and $45,000, I think, where it will tie. But this is uh, because I had to pay double for seed, and I'm also... Not paying for rent on land, which is real lucky because my dad is essentially covering that. So I'm not going to even speak that I'm a little guy. Um, I am blessed. Uh, that is basically all I can say. Is I'm very fortunate and lucky to be in the opportunity. I will pay rent. Don't don't worry. I will in a few years. My dad, essentially how farming works is he's just trying to you know take the expenses right now and carry those in a year. So the way it works out, it goes like that. We're lucky. I'm lucky. In a year when my dad retires, potentially, that's when I have to really start paying for everything and making the real more uh, tougher decisions. Um, but I am fortunate, uh, to say the least. I, I am not saying I am uh, ripped off as much as there's a lot of other people who have been ripped off and don't get their name spoken as much uh, or whatever they need. And so that's where uh, it is hard. Because the thing is, for me, growing up in rural Iowa, 
don't think I realized it at the time, but it, you, you realize it more after the fact. And if you kind of look at it, you know, most people who grew up in Rural Iowa leave. <laughs> That's why Rural Iowa is not as big as, you know, Des Moines or any other large city or why Iowa is usually very slowly growing at population uh, a lot slower than other states across the country because the jobs aren't as good here and the quality of life uh, things you can do you know not as good and rural Iowa is impacted by that a lot but what, it, what I'm meaning to say is rural Iowa I uh, not really you could go farmers Certainly have it hard, but the people who are living in the towns and working, I don't know, whatever odd jobs in the town or where they have to drive 20 to 30 minutes to whatever small city they need to work in to pay a living, are not making as much money and do not have as high quality life uh, as others. And fortunately, uh, again, I'm, I'm lucky. I My wife has a very decent job that she enjoys doing, and so she, and we, I like living in the city, too, at times. There's times where I certainly love being on the farm. But there are perks of living in the city and being able to choose from a variety of restaurants. On Christmas, we decided to go out to eat for supper and go to a nice sushi place, which was delicious. And when you're in rural Iowa, that does not happen. You know, you got like one or two places to go to, and it's probably one of the two places is Casey's. That's how it is. And it's unfortunate uh, that that money does not, uh, the money does not really stay as much in rural Iowa as it says in, you know, like the metro. And one of the harder parts, and this this does relate to farming, and an issue that I've seen a lot more, is if you don't know, in Iowa, uh, about 40%, uh, I think it's 40, maybe almost 50% at this point, of land owned in rural Iowa is by people who do not live there. You know, they do not farm, and they probably don't live in that area. Now, I'm not saying it's a great investment. There is nothing wrong to do with that. Those people don't have, you know, it's a capitalistic society. This is the problem when money is everything, is it makes a lot of sense for people to own that land if you can. But unfortunately, now I was just looking this up, uh, or I just read something about this today in the last year, I think it's about almost a quarter of land that's been bought in the last year was just from investors and 4% were new farmers. I don't know what the transfer, the other transfer, how much of it is farmer to farmer or something like that. I'm not really positive, but the problem with that is rural Iowa when the money does not stay in rural Iowa because they're just getting that rent and it's going to, you know, Des Moines, Iowa city, Chicago, Denver, whatever you want to say, you know, it's after the dad gives gives it up, or the mom, who knows, more than likely probably the dad, is done farming. You know, he retires, they pass him and him and uh, grandmama or whatever, they pass away. Then the land is left to the kids. And the kids are not on the farm. They do not farm. And so that money just stays with them wherever they are in the city. And they don't look at the land at all. Or they might go look at it a little bit, but they're not actually really caretaking that much for the land. And so the farmers are just paying rent. And for farmers to make money, you have to grow more and more bushels. Because why? Because that's what the uh, corn uh, complex is set up to do. And the corn complex, on top of everything, is owned. Uh, the big, the rich get richer, in a sense. And unfortunately for Iowa, uh, 
growing corn and soybeans is going to make you the most money. So you can't really grow, and the government subsidizes quite a bit of your insurance, so it makes sense to grow corn and beans. But that just leads to more people, overproduction, leads to the water quality issues that we keep hearing in, in Iowa, if you literally know anything about the Des Moines waterworks. Uh, the overproduction of corn we have here in Iowa, in, and uh, that greatly impacts the water quality. It's a pretty thing. And then uh, the lower corn prices, because of the insurance, also leads to uh, more conf hog confinement buildings uh, being built in Iowa because, you know, lower feed costs, you could keep them here, but you also want to drive that up. And so that's also a big game. So corn, beans, hog farming, whatever, that demands higher inputs, and so the only the rich can do it. And that's all driven by, you know, unfortunately, it's the subsidies in the government. This is, a, this is classic when people tell you, hey, the government usually fucks things up when they get involved. Not all the time. This is one of the cases that it definitely does. Because I think if you took away the subsidies, you know, the free market, what everyone believes in, would at least allow uh, farmers to be a little more innovative and use their land for something else, you know, return it to whatever it needed to be. We're not farming land that needs to be farmed. Uh, because, you know, I don't blame anyone for farming whatever they got to farm because we got to make money. I'm doing the same thing, you know. You want to do it to make money. Well, how does this all tie back to, uh, I guess, wherever my stance is at helping the little guys? Unfortunately, a lot of this land is owned by people who don't live there. And so they're not caretaken for the land as well. Uh, and they're just taking the money and staying in the cities or wherever they're, they're living. It's not going back to the community. Now, when we, this land was originally you know, developed or whatever, you go on the whole thing about the white man stealing the land basically from the natives. And that's a fair point. Um, that sucks and is unfortunate in our history. But, you know, each farmer used to own about 160 acres. And that's 160 acres these farmers would uh, give back, you know, money would be spent in the communities, you know, because each community would have their own little elevator, their own feedlot, their own blah, 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 their own little things, machine shop, whatever you have to be. And as farms, and over time, you know, unfortunately these farmers just get swallowed up by each other's farm, and there aren't people who are investing back in it, who aren't staying there for, you know, a variety of reasons or whatever, you know, the farms are just, farms have just gotten bigger and bigger. So that means the person who's actually taking that income is not probably living in that area. They're also renting from land people, like I said earlier, who have no stake in it and who are way out, you know, they're they're not putting money really back into the land, into that local community. So it's sucking these rural areas dry. And that leads to, uh, from what, what I've understood is, you know, a lot of these rural schools, you know, a lot of them, I think over time, they're... Uh, free and reduced lunch percentage of students has gone up. You know why that means? Because people aren't making enough money. Yes, are there probably families that may, you know, aren't the best and skirting the rules? Potentially, maybe. But I, it doesn't matter because not everyone's doing that. So if it's going up over time, that just means there's less money in that area, leading to people being upset and annoyed that the government or whoever isn't watching out over them. And then that also leads to people being a political party, or going towards the political party that is anti-government, anti-anything, just playing on those resentments of people. Because political parties don't actually have any bearing on reality. Uh, actually, they do. But <laughs> they don't have any, like, real rules. 
the only rules they have is how can we get the most votes and how do we appeal to the most people and now when people believe certain things they're going to believe uh, there's this many people who are disaffected because the government has left them behind because of both parties whatever they're going to do that and they're going to do that but the problem with that is when a party is not there for government what the fuck are they there for like what are you going to do if you don't know how to run a government that's the problem uh, or just give money back to people let's not fund the government the problem is whatever you want to say no matter what even if these communities were a little healthier a little stronger guess what the big cities whoever where the real money is in the big cities whatever that's driving that is driving they are subsidizing in theory the small cities small towns whatever so whenever anyone doesn't believe in the government, they're just idiots. Yes, government can always reign better. That's it. Okay, I shouldn't have said doesn't believe in government. They're not idiots. I take that back. They're not idiots. They're just misinformed. That's what it is. Um, and that's that's unfortunate. It really is. Because that's a better job government needs to do for people. And I'm sure in 20 years I'll be disaffected by the government maybe too. I don't know. But I want to believe that real people can make change because guess what we either have this option or we have whatever china has and no one wants that option uh, as much as we can complain about how bad things are in america we are not china then that is a good thing to say so overall really uh the little guy essentially i want growing up in a small community you know i realized i didn't realize how bad it was and now you look back and you're like damn that's that's rough but also, being in the big city now, you drive around, you know what parts are the worst part parts of town? The parts that don't uh, do well? It's the poor parts. That's the, it literally doesn't matter what race you are, what you are. There are the poor parts of town. You know what those look like? Those look like rural Iowa to me. They, they have the houses that are all shambled. The, the, uh, uh, the, <laughs> their lawns are covered with crap whatever like there are obviously people trying and things are good like not everything is bad but there is always that part and it's partially yeah it could it's on the person a little bit but not entirely because there's an environment that is holding you in that structure and unfortunately it's there's a structure for a reason because the way capitalism free markets work is someone's got to be rich someone's got to be poor that's always the difficult issue with the system is that's how it's going to be literally someone has to win someone has to lose it's a sub Sub-zero, net-zero game, whatever it's called. And for me, I want to see the little guys take a little more of their share. I'm not trying to go Bernie Sanders on this. But I do believe anyone who believes what a rich person says shouldn't believe that rich person entirely. It should always take it with a grain of salt. Because they're rich for a reason. They're hungry for money. And unfortunately, they shouldn't be hungry. You should not, money should not be a driving force, but that's what it is, you know, I can't blame anyone for it, partially the reason I'm farming, because I know I, this is a good actual financial opportunity, it's crazy, it's dumb at times, I feel like I'm not going to make any money, but in the end it kind of makes sense, you know, at least to try it, and to address any issues about, hey Sean, you live in the city and you're farming, you're taking that money, and you know, taking it back to the city, I, I know that, <laughs> I know that, and I feel guilty about that every single day of my life. Every single day. I wish I could live up there, but there are a variety of reasons. Uh, not just, like, my wife's very good job, and she's the reason I can probably take this chance to farm anyways, because I'm on her insurance, and I can do that stuff. Like, I can 
you know, I can take that risk, see what happens, and if I don't like it, I can go back. But also, uh, it's, you know, in the city, I, I like to do comedy, I like to perform, all that jazz. Oh, that <laughs> jazz. Like, all the other stuff. You gotta eat cool places, you gotta do that. Like, and for my wife and I, the big thing is, if we decide it, or whenever we have children, if we're lucky to have children, we would like them. Grow. We both went to very small rural white schools, you know, and there's nothing wrong. I would have no problem sending my kid uh, if we lived in Trey. I'd, I'd have no problem doing it. But I also do know, like, I didn't meet a black person until, like, I was in college or, like, any of that. You, you know, you just don't have experience of living in Des Moines. You're going to see people from a wide variety of cultures. And just like it should be applied to agriculture, it should be applied. We should apply this to our lives. Is you should be diverse as possible. Literally, diversity is what makes this world go round. Like everyone, you know, they complain about extinction because things are dying and we lose diversity, and that's a true fact. And so we should be as diversified in life. You should never be specialized. That's just a dumb strategy, personally. So it's it's just, you know, there are a variety of reasons of why I can't do. It. Well, I can't do that, but I do feel guilty, and I'm trying my best uh, to put my money where my mouth is, and then when I'm in rural Iowa, uh, and to go out of my way to spend money in the town, because I know I am not giving it all back, but in fact, I'm just trying to bring some of it back. Uh, that wouldn't be completely lost, say, if we you know, gave up the farm, some other bigger farmer from somewhere else, or whatever, and just gets swallowed up there and eventually gets down. It's just trying... My best, to do my best, to support the community that raised me. And I think that's fair. And I think the hard thing is, uh, a lot of people don't realize that, why that's part of our issue and whatnot. But, I don't know. It's difficult. Uh, I wrestle with it every day. Because believe me, uh, if I could teleport up to the farm each day, I fucking would. <laughs> they just need to make me uh, a teleport uh, on Star Trek, you know. I would do that every day. I can't wait till I have cars can drive themselves. I'm just drive and work on stuff while I'm in the car because I don't have to drive. Not too bad if I'm listening to a podcast or not, but it can get a little, little long after a while. But overall, uh, I'm just trying to do my best. And yeah, I, the key in life is to try to stand up for the little guy and not the people with the money in their pockets, as much money in their pockets. That's that's where I stand today. I hope I don't change from that. Uh, and if I do, send me this podcast and tell me I'm an asshole. And so I hope I listen to it and get better. But that's it. I'm going to need some more gummy worms I got for Christmas. So thank you all so much for listening. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you. And have a happy, happy new year. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, I wanted to let you know I am willing to help you in a variety of ways. I can do comedy for you. Or for an event, I can do comedy for that event or bring along people I also know that are funny and we can kind of put on a whole show for you. I also can just host an event. I don't have to do comedy. I can just come and, you know, be cheery, get the crowd going, have a fun time, and I can help you out with that. I also do a little editing work on the side. And I, I do a lot of video editing work. I also do a lot of writing, so I can edit with that. Or in general, if you want to be on camera or something or you have to be on camera, you need some tips, pointers about that, I do plenty of that stuff, and I kind of have some 
some tips, some tricks, some hacks to make things go a little easier for you and whatnot. So if you are interested in any three of those things, or whatever, if you just need life advice, I'm always willing to talk or listen and anything like that. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for listening to The Pandering Talk. If you got any questions, concerns, or comments, just hit us up on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, all under The Pandering Talk. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.